0: Welcome back to Jav Talk. Uh, This is another, yet another episode, episode two of the year 2024. We are glad to have you guys back. My name is Victor. I'm Aden. I'm Jamal. And today we are very glad to introduce to you guys our very first guest in history, uh, the wonderful Mr. Ramadan Karali.
1: Hi, glad to be here. Thank you, Ramadan, for accepting our invitation. It's such a pleasure to have you for the first time. And today our guest is Ramadan Saeed Karali, he's the creative director of Karali Arts. And before that he was financial advisor, am I right, financial advisor, right? Yes, with Jubilee Insurance. And currently he's doing a lot of creative work and youth advocacy in the Nubian community in Kibra. And I thought this story would be very, very important in being able to raise awareness about his work. How we met with him. <laughs> uh, by the that day I told these two guys, let's go to, to that place in, in Barazalab. <laughs> but they <laughs> said they're not coming. Yeah. So, and we met him in Barazalab last year yeah. around June. Yeah. Yes, so that uh, at that place, it was a photo obsession. And I happen to like his story with regards to the photojournalism and the activism that he's doing with a very marvelous group. So it is our very sincere pleasure to have you, sir. Thank you. And we hope to be able to engage and tap into your experience. And definitely this will be a story empowering many more young people out there. And one of our tenets, the cause of our business here at, at JavTalk, is to be at the center of empowering many more young people. Africa is the big thing, and we are the ones to tell Africa's story, one story at a time. Thank you so much. Yes, so you're welcome yeah.
2: glad to be here. Madhuri. It's a pleasure. Yes,
0: you. maybe you can tell us something about yourself, Ramadan. Yeah.
2: So my name is Ramadan Said, and I'm a creative director for my initiative called Karali pics where we actually do photography, videography, and basically it's just an agency where we just do everything digital and uh, audio and visual, yeah? So at Karalipics, we suddenly had a change of heart where we actually thought, like, how will you use our, our art to actually impact social change? So that's why we entered into actually advocating for mental health. And then actually doing crime and uh, rehabilitation in Kibra and speaking against sexual abuse.
0: Ah, Awesome, awesome. That's a wonderful way to segue into our topic today. Our topic today, guys, will be mental health, youth, youth advocacy, and uh, we want to tackle the big elephant in the room today in Africa, <laughs> which is the lack or rather the mental health awareness or lack thereof, mostly in Africa, yeah? So, uh, today, uh, first of all, I want to hear your opinions, guys. Uh, do you feel there's been a lack of information on mental health? I might be alone here. So, do you feel there's been a lack? Let's start with you, Jamal. You've been silent
3: for a while. Today, I've been forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> that I have no beef. <laughs> uh, first of all, I'd like to welcome uh, Ramadan Side uh to our very uh special program here today uh, it's a pleasure to meet you and uh you're doing a good work out there that is very inspirational uh regarding your question i think mental health has been forgotten and it is not given the significance it deserves and uh, for many years, mental health has been really not not only ignored, but it is also seen as a stigma. You understand? So there's Absolutely. an ass- there's Absolutely. an association of stigma to mental health. That's why many people are not talking about it, and that is why as as Africans, it is now dawning on us that we are having a problem that we have not yet, yet truly uh, not yet truly solved. And uh, we are almost clueless, like, if somebody today tells you, man, I'm feeling this way, it's very difficult to find ways to help him because we do not have guidelines. That is what I'd say.
1: Oh, well, yeah. absolutely, I agree. But the issue is, have we accepted mental health the same way the West or the other communities have accepted? I think acceptance is the biggest issue and that calls me to Ramadan what dragged you to mental health in this space i mean first of all you had a journey in finance you transitioned to creative arts then you found yourself again in you know advocacy for mental health through creative arts what what inspired you through that journey maybe you can shed some light on that
2: so me
1: transitioning
2: from financial services or financial advisory to Actually, doing creative arts and coming into social advocacy, it came out from a point of actually trying to find myself, you know. Wow. Uh, being in finance, it's usually a fast paced industry, you know. Yeah. You have to be on trends, you have to be up to task or up to knowledge with everything that's finances, you know, to like advise your client and stuff, you know. So it came about to me one. It was one time during Ramadan, you know, Mm -hmm. where, like, we were in the mosque, (laughs) the imam was actually giving a a utba or a a talk or a sermon on interest and actually (laughs) how we should avoid it, you know. (laughs) So I felt like he was talking to me directly, (laughs) you know. (laughs) When the the imam is in front there and is talking, I felt like he was piercing my heart directly, you Mm -hmm. know. And... That started my journey of actually thinking of what I'm doing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes when uh, religion overlaps with actually a personal ambition, mm-hmm. most of the time it leaves you in a space of actually thinking about doing what next, you know. It will not
1: be worth it to call the man mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so my jump from financial uh, advisory to creative arts was... Uh, was a big leap, yeah? Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, Yo, <laughs> you're, you're coming from actually earning yeah, yeah. money and getting assured of a salary end month to actually coming to a place where <laughs> you don't know when you're getting your next paycheck, you wow. know? Mm-hmm. So that was the biggest leap I did. Uh, actually, the first thing was from my parents, actually. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're coming from an Islamic background, yeah? Your biggest critics and your biggest supporters will be your parents. You absolutely, so, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. From then on it was like, yo, what are you doing, man? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but uh for me it was actually it was actually because I wanted to like do something challenging, you know. Mm-hmm. I wanted to come into a space where that uh, I can actually feel I'm doing a change on something, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually came about as a feel good feeling you know in taking a picture a client loves it and then I'm paid to do something mm-hmm. that I love uh, that was amazing you know oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden now a uh, point where I crossed to mental health was my sister actually experienced a depressive uh, a depressive state for about two years well, and during that well. time during that time those are kind of a confusion as to is this, is this, is this rookie, or is it like in Islam we can say, is, he, is she possessed with demons, you know? <laughs> and then we had this period of one year where we used to go to Park Road, where the Imam used to actually make dua on her, like pray on her, give her rookie. Rukia in Islam is like now reading Quran like it's a healing process, you know, using the Quran. So that went about for one year and stuff, disrupted her, her studies and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. But in reality, one thing, uh, we have an aunt who is actually a psychologist. Mm-hmm. She was like, okay, what if we do this? We do Rukia and then we do now like the a conventional meditation. Yeah, conventional medicines, you know. But at first everyone was like, yo, this is not this is not a clinical solution, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this one we do, and for sure we know this is <laughs> this is possession by demons, you know. So I started reading into mental health. I started actually trying to like find a, a reason as to why this is happening. So one time I actually suggested to my sister, like, oh, I've actually read about a place. Let's go to Chiromo. Let's go and hear what diagnosis they're going to give you. So she went, stayed there for almost like three months, and started to get better again, you know. Yeah. Talking with psychologists, getting medicine, getting the help that she deserves. And then all of a sudden, I was like, yo, this is something that we are supposed to talk about, especially in Islam, because. Uh, most of the time when something happens to us, we usually attribute it to something else, you know? Yeah. Uh, Most of the time, I find it uh, reasonable because in Islam, most of the time, we're usually being told, like, you have to practice what you have actually learned. Absolutely, absolutely. But in this instance, even in the Islamic space, Nobody, even the imams, even the teachers, even everyone, don't know. Nobody had the
1: solution to these
2: problems, yeah. They don't have a solution on mental health. So, I actually thought, like, why shouldn't we, like, now start talking about mental health in our community? Yeah, because for us, mental health in Islam is like a taboo if you are depressed. You're not praying enough. <laughs> if you are, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you are going through a process, uh, if you're going through a depressive moment in your work, you're not like reading your Quran enough. You're not good to your parents. Everything has a reason. Yo, they'll ask you like, why are you being depressed? Why are you down? Oh, it's no. <laughs> it's because you're always on your phone and you're not you're not praying on time. You know, but you're praying on time. Yeah. So the thing is. Whenever we have, like, let's say, for instance, God forbid, cancer, we have a prescription for for the meds, actually yeah. going for chemotherapy. Yeah, absolutely, right? yeah. But why should we always have? Because uh, this one is a disease as any else, you know. We have a prescription for cancer, but you never have prescription for Men- mental, mental
1: health. health. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's uh that's a wonderful way to put it. Yeah, I think uh, not even in just Islam in the whole African community, there's a way in which, uh, when it's not something you can see, when it's not something that has actual physical symptoms, most people attribute it to superstitious means, you know? Uh, When you have depression, maybe you're possessed, or you have bipolar disorder, you're crazy, or you've been using drugs, or, you know? Like, uh, our culture is not really rooted in, like, deeply in medicine, such that to understand that, some of these conditions do not actually have physical symptoms, but they are just as serious, if not more. Right? right. So uh, that's what I, I thought, because the lack of inform the lack of information actually has a lot of impacts. Uh, that's what I feel actually, because uh, more and more you see day by day. You can, if you are learned in the medical arts, I would say, you would go out here and you would see certain people behaving certain ways, and you know. This is actually a triad of symptoms in this certain area. You can see <coughs> this person is actually schizophrenic, or this person has like a depression,
1: or yeah, anxiety,
0: or or like a, For example, I had a I had seen someone who like it's those people who try to be extremely active, extremely fun all the time, yeah. but you've never seen them alone. They're always with someone. Yeah, that's like a very, very uh, clear depiction of uh, high-functioning depression, mm-hmm. where you, because you're so depressed, you channel on you your energy,
1: yourself and your thoughts. To,
0: eh? Yeah, to show that you're not depressed. You understand? Yes. So th- that's my impre- interpretation. Uh, Jamal, do you think there's an impact
3: on lack of awareness? First of all, I resonated with uh, what uh, Ramadan has said because we are almost from the same background, uh, the Muslim background. And uh, I, I feel that uh, in the African context, we are too superstitious. It's either you are bewitched, possessed, s- possessed. <laughs> someone has looked at you in a funny way. It's called eye. the evil eye. <laughs> So uh in a sense I first and foremost I I'd like to and I hope that your sister is okay yeah. uh as we speak right now and that uh, all her woes are uh stories of the past. Yeah. Uh but it is true. It is true uh I am from a background where if somebody is down and depressed they are taken to shakes. They are beaten because uh we have this funny belief that when you read the Quran on someone uh you beat them you beat the the shaytan out of them <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 funny but sad at the same time uh there are stories where I've had people have been electrocuted yeah. in a bid to get Satan out of their bodies, and sometimes these funny uh, funny behaviors, sometimes they, they kill people. So it's good to shed light on this, uh, um, on this whole mental uh, health topic. And we really need to advocate within the community about what mental health is about, how it is treated, and to give the community an alternative option. Or maybe because if we cannot change something, we can can maybe try to incorporate some of their practices, but at the same time also give them an option where they can seek proper medical treatment for these particular cases.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. And and, and I'm really impressed how Ramadan went through that self-realization journey. So let me ask, now in this journey since you began now from that time, have you been able to identify that you know uh, this is actually there have I've been able to experience myself this before yeah. and 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 how have you been able to deal with it in terms of information in terms of you know enlightening people about it and all of that
2: so a funny story <laughs> <coughs> me involving myself in mental health now fully was me going through the same depressive uh face, you know? Um, like ooh. when you're in the creative arts, there's one thing about creativity. When you're down, you produce your best work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Very true. You can look at the example of Leonardo da Vinci the same way with Taylor Swift when she's heartbroken. Wonderful music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Wonderful music. Yeah. But th- when she's th- good... That tells why done. Victor writes good poems. Well. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: So uh, with that, <laughs> yeah, when you have a depressive state, uh-huh. uh, we actually produce our best work. When I'm depressed, get me a wedding; you'll have nice pictures, you know. Yeah. So, actually, fed into that demon for so long, to a point that, uh, you want to create a fake kind of uh, an aura around being depressed, you know? Yeah. And then it takes a toll on you. So in us in our circles, then mm-hmm. as young photographers, we usually have meetups where so we go to do like photography and whatever. So before that time, I experienced kind of a, a long depressive state where we just like moving along with life, you know, going through the faces and everything. And then it came to a point that it started to become suicidal, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking about why I, I should end this, but now the thing that actually put me and held me back is because that in islam when you kill yourself
1: (laughs) you go to hell (laughs) so
2: that's the only thing that actually kept me from doing anything you know and this is the same thing as how so many muslims go through they're like (coughs) i want to kill myself but i don't
1: (laughs) That, so That it was came, the silver bullet for you.
2: Yeah, that was the silver bullet for me. And then this, it was actually a period where it was like before June. It was on Thursday. Like uh we are waking up to Friday, you know. And then we were supposed to meet on Saturday. On Friday, we went to the mosque. Just gone through the faces and stuff. You're we like, okay, let me just make it to the next prayer. Let me make it to the next prayer. And then I was like... Ah, you when they say suddenly the hour starts after <laughs> eight pm. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're going through social media, all of a sudden things starts flashing. You see your ex who left you is actually doing better than you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they the perceive yeah. better
2: than you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can see how you know like we always think that life is a Nigerian movie, where if your ex had broke you, <laughs> she'll go into the village and die there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, she was actually doing so much better. Everything is happening. Like, signs are coming showing you that you're not worthy, you know. You're doing like, a, for me as a photographer now, comes again, as a creative, you always want feedback on your on, your on work, your work, you know. Yeah. So every time you're getting feedback, but you have this ca- imposter syndrome that shows you, like, you're not worthy of this. If you're doing something great, you always want to double up so that people don't see you as an imposter. So it's a constant chase of a high, you know? So that thing happened between like eight PM to almost like eleven there. You're almost thinking like, okay, I'm going to do this next the next day, but let me just meet up with people, say my goodbyes, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> when you go there, <laughs> you're like, oh. hey, Certain topics started coming up, like people were just like over motivating all of a sudden. I don't know if it's a sign or something. (laughs) People are just talking like, yo, your work is good, man. You're doing this, you're doing great, you know. Yeah. That day, I think I'll have to say to my friends, man, they don't know, but they actually saved me from killing myself, you know?
0: Wow. You know, so kudos to those (laughs) friends, man. It was actually
2: something that they never had or anything, but that a moment where we used to hang out with my friends that day. We did so many things. We took a walk in town, taking photos, like uh, giving each other tactics. And then all of a sudden we went and stayed at a restaurant, talking, eating, drinking. And then we were like, okay, hey, maybe it's not that bad, you know? Yeah. I just need to find help, you know? Yeah. So that's when I actually took it as a priority. I wanted to, like, start an initiative where we can actually get creatives to ask for help the same way I did. Because after that, I went directly and saw a therapist, you know. I was like, yo, life isn't going as the way I wanted to. Yes, my life is okay. I'm getting gigs. I'm getting money. I'm getting everything. But there's an empty space I feel that emptiness
1: in my heart. That sadness. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Relate, yeah. And
0: loneliness.
2: <laughs> 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 you know, that wow. time was a depressive state, and I can say, like, my friends saved me. And then it wasn't like I talked to them, but the interactions, you know, yeah. it was like, it was a sign, you know. All of a sudden, people love, were motivated. They were like hyping up each other. You know, you're feeling like okay with a community. This thing actually can actually make, you can actually make a difference with the community. You know, that's why we started advocating for advocating for men's mental health.
0: Yeah.
1: Because men don't usually talk.
0: Yeah, that's a very good way of saying it, yeah. Uh, it's the through
1: all the lens that he usually takes the pictures. Yeah. He has yeah. put us through that today. Yeah, first <laughs> of all, I've,
0: I've taken in quite a lot from you, uh, Ramadan. Mm-hmm. Especially on uh, how you explain your experience with your sister. I hope she's doing better. I yeah. uh, hope you are doing better as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 quite a journey you have gone through. Yeah, and I like the way that you molded yourself for your journey to help other people. And definitely, as a creative myself, I understand as well uh, that I, I usually draw myself. Uh, usually do poetry, and for me it does get depressing sometimes because you are also your worst critic. I'm sure you relate. Like, uh, you do something, you get to think you're not the best at it. You look at it and you only see the mistakes. And your friends will always see, like, uh, wow, that's so amazing. But you have this constant voice in your head telling you, like, "Ah, you could have done this so much better, you could have done this so much better. So there's that constant talk. And it's not only in creatives, it's in everyone. Now, we're living in an age where so many things are moving so fast. It's it's not easy to have a moment to yourself, right? Absolutely, agree. Uh, yeah, and Agreed. Uh, especially for men. I mean, we know women have grown into generation wise to having support systems for themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, for men, we usually just die by ourselves. Yeah, you get hurt, you die by yourself. Uh, you get shot, walk it off. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's what people say. <laughs> So as in uh, mental health has been such a, I a, say, a, 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 a forgotten bit of society these days, uh, and I think it should be talked. It should be talked about more, which is a uh, part of this experience today. Now uh, I would like to, I would like to ask you guys, uh, what do you think? Uh, I've heard some someone once say, "Be the change you want
1: to see in the society."
0: You want to see, yeah. Be the change you want to see. Now. The change would be more awareness on mental health in this aspect, or rather, better mental health care throughout society. Absolutely. So, how are you being the change? What do you think uh, is something? Uh, you, you don't, you don't. No pressure, guys. <laughs> Big or small. Uh, what yeah. do you think is an impact that you've had in like the mental health run to put the race towards the right direction, towards awareness? Wow. Arden?
1: Absolutely. I think. When we came together and started this initiative, we definitely thought of it as a way to empower more young people across Africa, across the country, Kenya, and throughout the world. And I think, in the spirit of be the change you want to see in the society, yeah. so I this initiative itself is a change that we really hope to see in the society, and we. I think when we came together, we had one binding, you know, uh, talk that said, "Man, let's advocate for this. Let's, you know, raise awareness about this." And it's such a pleasure, honestly. Today, I felt like what Ramadan said, in bits, is what we couldn't capture. The three of us. Uh, because it gives us the unique perspective, being a survivor, being the advocate, being the activist, being the change. He embodies that for us today. And talk itself is such an initiative. And on a personal level myself, on a personal level myself, I'm, I'm this one person, I think, through the journey I've been able to go through myself. Uh, I, these days, ask people deeply when I say, how are you? And I really mean to ask, how are you? Being empathetical and, you know calling Victor or Jamal and telling them yo big man where are you and just going and meeting up and talking about anything and everything itself is such a so yeah I think this is such an initiative and we hope to empower more young people with such kind of you know experiences and initiatives and stories and looking forward to it Jamal what do you think
3: Uh, first of all I really agree with what you've said Uh, But I just to reflect on what Ramadan had said, and then I'll just follow it up with one question for our guest. Uh, Ramadan said one very important thing that is rarely missed or rarely spoken about is uh, when you are on the brink Mm -hmm. of collapse, Mm -hmm. when you are. Truly. Apocalypse. Yeah, when you are truly there, when you're between here and there. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, when you're between. <laughs> the <fight on> the <laughs> <board>. <laughs> <laughs> when you've decided to, you've pinned down that beautiful letter, you've said your goodbyes, and you're just standing there. What can influence the decision you not mean. to do what you're about to do? Mm-hmm. And for many people, uh, nowadays, I'll be honest, Mm -hmm. religion has been watered down over the years. Mm -hmm. And it has greatly been suppressed. And uh, when uh, Ramadan said that religion was the only thing that was keeping him from committing that final act of, you know, departing, uh, I, I, I was really impressed because... At some point, if you are depressed Mm -hmm. and something holds you back Mm -hmm. and at that particular moment in time you reflect on that particular thing. That thing is so great and it is holding you back. I think that is a very, very uh, positive thing that uh, religion sometimes is down uh, overlooked on how it can influence mental health and the decisions people make, number one. Number two, I have a question, the follow-up question that I wanted to ask. Can some of our behaviours or the behavioural aspects, can they influence us falling into depression? Are there some things that we do that can actually worsen depression? Are there some things that can actually, even if it wasn't there in the first place, that can bring us into depression that that question i think that can ramadan new yeah, depressive yeah i more think more that, that question ramadan will better uh, explain because i've seen um, to be honest where i used to stay uh, i'm almost from the same background where he is uh, based and uh, i saw i saw a few guys and it is very sad uh, there are some guys who used to study madrasa with we used to go to madrasa together and then, all of a sudden, now they're walking on the streets like uh, they are just, you know, they, 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 they've, they've lost it uh, basically. So they are just wandering, and meandering here and there, and uh, p- picking all sorts of, uh, what do you call it, uh, garbage. So, at at a particular point in time, are things like drugs? You know, and other behavioral aspects, can they take us down that path? Thank you.
2: Indeed. So, I'll start with the initiatives that we're actually doing right now. Uh, With us, we actually thought of using photography or videography as a way of championing for activism or championing for change. So, one of the things that we usually do is hold exhibitions based on mental health. And in that exhibition, we'll have a discussion on mental health. So, we did that. At, uh, we did the first one at our, at our place, at year. our space in Baricho Road. Then, the next one was for Gakan University, the Brain Mind Institute, where they had the conference in Radisson Blue. Then, we did the second one over there. So, with that, we are trying to make our images more provocative as possible. When you see our images, we don't want you to say, like, this is a good photo. We want it to spark something in you. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you're going to see someone who is, like, with a rope on his neck, like, you're thinking, this is suicide. I want to, like, our, our means is usually provocative to a thing that is different from what the psychiatrists and the psychologists and the doctors will do. The doctors will try to shield you against going to trauma or giving you some kind of, uh, feel some kind of way, they'll try to pacify you. But us, for us, we are not the doctors. We are trying to push you towards that action, you know. So that's the thing. We usually hold exhibitions, we usually hold, it uh, was uh, the premieres on actually documentaries on mental health, especially for men, short films, like a short film on somebody who has experienced something that you've gone through. You know you'll be sitting there. It's the same way like you're having a someone that you feel is directly going towards <laughs> you. You won't tell your next person here, but you'll actually have to think about it in yourself, you know? So for the second question, we've said like uh, the environment and things that will actually influence you. We've gone. I've actually been lucky enough to go through a mental health ambassadorship course at Aga Khan courtesy of Brain Mind Institute, yeah? Where they actually talked about something, the biopsychosocial model, where your environment, your your environment can actually affect your mental health to a point that. Let's take a case scenario, a case-by-case scenario. There's actually more mental health cases in areas where they are not that well-off, than the places that are well-off, you know. Because yeah. one thing, you actually have to start fighting with life first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have to You're you starting to out out life, shell. <laughs> You're starting life one-nil down, you know. Yeah. So you have to conquer this first, you know. It's the same way like uh, you can start going after your goals when you have problems with rent. Yeah. You know, you have to solve your problems for you to now tackle your goals. So in areas where they are not well off, let's say Kimiram, Mkuru, Kwa Jenga and everything, people usually try to mask it with drugs, try to mask it without having so many sexual partners for you to like fill that void inside you. Yeah. So your environment automatically affects your mental health. Another case example is actually now the inherited one, the bipolar, you know, to some extent, schizophrenia, is usually an inherited uh, kind of a kind of an illness, and then physical again, it happens, you know, when you're sedentary, you know, like uh, when you don't work out, when you don't do anything, you know, you're physically inactive. Something comes up. That's automatic <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> when you're in your uh, house every day uh. watching Netflix and stuff and you're not pursuing your goals and everything, something usually comes in. In it, it starts like sadness and then it builds up. Sadness to depression. Depression to something else, you know. Yeah. It's a pile up of something, you know. So it's a cause. And then for you to actually start thinking it as a problem, you have to substitute it with something positive. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. you can't all of a sudden just wake up with a bit of motivation like the when we see on YouTube, like you have to wake up, run ten miles, <laughs> 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 you have to do it gradual, man, you have to realize the bad habits that actually put you to that state, you know you have to be more aware of yourself, you know, like every time you have to think,, eh, if I do this, it usually leads me to this. So for me not to experience this, what's the thing that actually affects me here, especially in our relationships, in the same way, uh, I guess some point where we have this same kind of a discussion every time, <laughs> where you're being friend zone every year, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, uh, that's another leading cause for actually so many men to actually get into depressive modes because you're like thinking, what's... Or am I not good enough? You know. Yeah. Is that yeah. guy? What does that guy have that I don't have? You know. Yeah. It's a, it, it brings about imposter syndrome. It makes you be less confident about yourself. So, everything actually affects our mental health. But it depends on what you use to escape it. Yeah. You
1: know? Where does now? Let me let me follow up. Where does I like you brought about self awareness? Where does it play into this context when you look at it at the bigger picture? You know. Yeah. When you tell that young boy in Kibra to be self-aware, that man, when you go to YouTube, these are the implications, and he understands these are the implications of me being binge-watching. Yeah. They call it the on Netflix, quote-unquote. Or when I say, let me go hit the gym and load myself with a 60 kg chest, flat press, you know, all of that. You know, all of this leads to something. But how can you now elicit that self-awareness in these kid? who is in somewhere in Barichorod, Mkuru Kwanjenga, Kibra, Karen, whatever it is. Yeah. So we always usually say like you have to be ambitious in life. But there are
2: things that when you're ambitious in and you're not ready to actually take that ambition, <laughs> it actually drags you back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Case an example, right mm-hmm. now, you have a youth maybe in Kibra right now. He has she has he has a crush in somewhere in Runda, you know? Yeah. You know, the, the, that's two worlds apart. For her, she usually has like a average lady, like spending in a day is like 10,000. You yeah. over here, that 10,000, you see it in three months. <laughs> and you still want to get the same kind of a chick. Yes, ambitious, yes, in a point that you can be ambi- ambitious, but at the same time, the ambition can be your enemy. That's true. You
1: know? wow, very true.
2: Sometimes ambition can be your enemy, you know. Yes. The same thing, when you lack something, we usually try to fill it up with something
1: Absolutely, else. Absolutely, I agree. You
2: know, yeah. Let's say right now I'm s- I'm unsuccessful in my relationship. What else am I going to look forward to? I'm going to start checking Instagram models and I'm saying, okay, ah, that's not the kind of high I want. So I go incognito mode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now start binge watching on porn. That's the thing we're saying. Like Binge watching on something that's negative on you. You yeah. can be binge-watching on YouTube, giving you a high of looking at funny videos and stuff, pushing your endorphins high. But now when the endorphins now start to become negative, when you get a high on porn, when you get a high on trying to get, you know, like they, they say, simp behavior, trying to like holler every chick, but no one is like getting on your point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a depressing state for a man, actually, Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. For yeah. us, we have two things. Mm-hmm. We want to provide and we want to have someone who will love us for who we are. Yeah. But in reality, no one loves you for who you are.
0: That's true.
2: <laughs> Somebody loves you for what you will provide or what you can offer to them.
0: Oh, yeah. Preach, yeah. preach, brother, uh, preach. Uh, preach.
2: <laughs> tell them. Indeed, <laughs> <You laughs> it's true. Man, <laughs> yeah, you hit, you, have, you yeah. hit quite an early, especially <laughs> with me, yeah? Cause yeah cause, uh, mean, for th- a man, that's a struggle that we have to like navigate through. Navigate through. You know which battles to fight? <laughs> and which ones to say, hey, man, I can't do that. Yeah, You have to start saying no, especially with how I right now, like, ladies will know, okay, this guy is falling for me, and I know I can get some cash from this dude because he loves me. So every time you're working for, you're working for hugs. <laughs> 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 like, for real, yeah? It me a 2K. Send me 2,000 shillings, you're there. Sure. You know, because you're you're hoping that by us, for the two things I've said, providing and finding love. For us, we feel like if I provide for you, love will come automatically. Yeah, That's why you'll keep on sending the cash. Like, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I don't have this. Send you one thing, because I'm feeling like when I'm doing that, I'm gaining favor from you. And then people use that against you. Then you're back
0: at square you know. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah wow. Uh, wonderful. Uh, you've covered so much. Uh, <laughs> there's almost nothing it else is to say. trying
1: to rain wisdom like <laughs> it's raining out there. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think,
0: I think, um, but my opinion would be that, uh, men. As men, we are really, really proud creatures, you know? More proud than our female counterparts, yeah. Egoistic? Yeah. Okay, we do have very strong egos, Absolutely. I would say. And it's not It's not something bad. It's just the way we are, right? That's why you find that uh, there are so many ways your pride can be doused. Mm-hmm. And uh, your pride can be doused and you, you end up uh, taking that super personally and internalizing it. And attacking yourself because mm-hmm. your pride has been hurt, you know, mm-hmm. that's why you find that uh, You 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 check this you text this girl and you you confess your feelings to her and she couldn't care less, you know and then you go online and you find like uh, There are other guys who speak to her and she responds and you're like uh, uh, Why not me? What do I not have you understand? and it could bring you down as well. You find yourself uh you you do you're putting your all into a certain type of business, a certain type of job, and it's not pushing through. Someone else is doing it very easily. Someone else is just sitting at home and they have everything you want. You understand? And it it really hurts your pride in terms of like why why not me? You understand? Yeah. And this is how men like snowball into like you start getting sad A ripple effect and, you, and you start getting uh, depressed. And now depression is like the major one. When you ever hear mental health, it's the first thing that pops up to anyone's head is depression. But there are so many other spectrum of uh, conditions that are there as well, which you will snowball into uh, when you start with depression. Because what happens when you get depressed? You start finding as the way uh, Ramadan is so... Well put. You'll start finding other ways to fill that void, right? You'll start finding drugs. You start finding uh, any uh, promiscuous life, right? Promiscuous habits. Yeah. So you'll start having other things. You wear down your dopamine receptors. Now you can't have the feel good feeling anymore, right? So now you have a split personality. You you have you have times that you're really down. Many of times that you're, day, really, you're really high, ah, you're really high. You're both on the extremes. That becomes bipolar disorder, right? Mm. Then you start being uh, not confident in who you are. You start hating yourself. So you create a whole entire personality that you actually like about yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And that becomes schizophrenia. Like these are so much, so many times, so many ways uh, this thing could snowball into very many things. And it, it really is uh, a shame that in in Kenya and in, in Africa. It 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 is not spoken about enough. Uh, we have friends, all of us. I bet here you have friends Absolutely. who in your in your day to day that you think that uh, if if only society would have known that this is what they are going through, this person would have not lost their life, or like this person would have their life salvaged. Cindy, uh for example, I do know of a guy that uh, I grew up in Omoja. And when we are in Moja, they, we used to go to Moja primary school. And there was a guy we used to we used to study with. And there was this one day I've never forgotten. A teacher comes in, and uh, they're really pissed at this guy. Right? This guy, uh, I won't name his name, but they're really pissed at this guy. And uh, they come and ask, like, how could you be this? Uh, I don't want to say stupid, but it's the way they put it. How could you be this down like mentally understand so they come and uh they try to demonstrate how this guy is like really not smart you understand so the teacher goes to the to the board and asks like uh what's your name Aden he writes it down right mm-hmm. so and then he tells this guy um what is this guy's name the guy says Aden he knows your Aden he knows all your names it's not like he's actually dumb and then he tells him now read this on the board, what does it say? And the guy starts struggling. Now, when I was a kid, that that really perplexed me. That's why it stuck with me. So, later on in med school is when I understand that that guy probably was dyslexic, you know?
1: Probably. Yeah? Probably.
0: That's exactly what dyslexia is. Like, you can't your brain struggles to connect to connect to, to string together words into meaning. And he needed but a special
1: if, needs yeah. attention.
0: But if you hear it, you will you will uh, you will understand, you understand? Yeah. So this guy ends up like being proven to him having people prove to him that he's so stupid he cannot succeed, you understand? So what does this guy happen? Uh, this guy's life falls apart and uh, I, I bet you Things just did not go well because one day I w- was in a mall getting to town and guess, guess who's like, you know those guys who are Camagueras, you know Camagueras, the guys who uh, when any pump you up to get into a mat, but they're not actually, they're the pe- not
1: actually the, 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 the conductors or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you know those guys actually get like 20 pip, twenty shillings per person they get and that money they use it that to drink or other messed up shit you know sorry for my language but uh that guy was the guy who was doing that for me and it was so messed up i it i really felt it in my heart that if uh, and that is after like i've already known this stuff in med school so i was like if people actually knew this is what this guy was going through this whole cascade of like drugs uh depression what have you he could have so so much avoided it. Yeah? yeah, it was it was so messed up in my eyes. That's
1: experience. why I think this space for us is kind of holding the mirror for us. Yeah, and it we can be able to to talk about everything and be able to relate with everybody out there. Yeah, yeah. So thanks yeah. for raising awareness on that. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Uh, I think uh, we've done. Uh, uh, sorry, did I cut you off.
2: No, no, actually, I was trying to like add on to your point. Yeah. yeah. For men, we usually for us men we're usually you're usually deemed guilty until proven innocent in every aspect <laughs> of our life, you know? <laughs> People don't give you the same benefit of doubt as everyone else. Guess an example when we usually used to do financial advisory. We used to do prospecting for clients, yeah? You know your target, I know I like I have to like bring in a hundred or two hundred thousand this month for the company. So why do I do that? I go to the uptown places in Let's say the Westlands, the uh, Rundas, and whatever, the malls, yeah? So we usually have this 30-second uh, approach for every client, yeah? You mm-hmm. count one to, you can start counting from 1 to 30 as you're walking to the client. When the 30-second ends and you're not like saying hello for a guy, you have to go away because now you'll blunder, you know? But for a chick, she can actually come and do everything wrong, but still, she'll be given a benefit of doubt of that innocency and stuff. So that thing strings back into every kind of a relationship. Even in our families. For a guy for you to be actually treasured you have to be bringing in something. Your parents won't love you if you are <coughs> if you are not actually doing something for them.
1: If you are the potato
2: bug. Yeah, because <laughs> they'll actually see you as a burden until the point that you're starting to bring something home. The person is starting to shake and all of a sudden you're like, hi, hey, good morning, my boy. How are you doing? Ti- <laughs> <Don't>
1: you? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that's the thing. So for us, guys, luckily, uh, sad enough, we don't have that luxury of people giving us benefit of doubt, Absolutely. you know? Yeah.
1: Absolutely.
3: I'm loving this conversation. Uh, today it's raining wisdom. And uh, just to reflect, because I've been listening keenly for the past, I don't know how many minutes. And uh, there are some things to reflect on. And uh, what, uh, what Ramadan said regarding us uh, being guilty until proven innocent is very true. I remember a couple of days back I was reading a Kiswahili story. Uh, it was written, the, the The book is a short story collection called Mayai Waziru Amaravi. Wa <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in one of those stories, uh-huh. there's a story called uh-huh. Kachukua Hatua Nyengine.
1: Kachukua Hatua Nyengine?
3: Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, this guy was going through some financial woes from the beginning. He married a very beautiful young lady. And uh, she was poised to become a teacher, but he convinced her to become a housewife. And uh, but this guy, he was working at a company in Nairobi, uh, called you know those uh, the the tailoring uh, uh, those companies. uh, What were they called? Siemens or what? I don't know. So he he resigned and then he went back to there. So he kachukua had wenjigine. So he took another step. He resigned from his job. Mm -hmm. He thought that if he went back to the village, he would would uh, it, it would be better. So. Uh, during Christmas times when he came from Nairobi he'll come uh, home he will Loan buy a, he'll buy a whole load of um, Gifts. Of, of no, no food, of food bundles of unga. Uh, bundles of rice, you know, all those things. And then he would read a magazine as the wife would, would push the cart, you know. So they would laugh at the... It, it's just a funny story. They, then they would laugh at the wife and people would tell her, why did you get married to this ugly man? Yeah. You know, and you are the most beautiful, pretty lady. What did you see in this guy? Uh, but this guy, the, the next step that he had taken, it uh, didn't work out. So, and that was farming. Then he went and worked for uh, for he worked for another man who was his neighbor who was more endowed. He had retired and he needed somebody to work in his farm. So this guy would just constantly frustrate him. He would not pay his salary. And then uh, one day, uh, the guy who was so poor that he decided to take some loan from that man mm-hmm. who he was working for. Mm-hmm. And every time he take money, he will tell his wife. His wife would go and write down the loan. Mm-hmm. Then after some time, this this man decided to sack him, mm-hmm. so he was jobless and was in debt. So he came and uh, told his wife, after some day, how much does uh, how much does uh, the, the that guy how much money does he need from us to repay him? The ma uh, the wife told him it's about six thousand. So, but when he went to the guy, this is just a. Uh, uh, just a figure, I'm, I'm putting it's not the exact figure, but when he went to the guy, he said it's 20,000. So the wife brought out all the records and uh, she showed it to him, but they never accepted it. So he had so he was indebted. So what happened next? The next step was for his children not to go to school to work. So his eldest daughter, he made her a maid in that man's house, and then to cap it all, this man. Impregnated his the eldest monster. daughter. Do you know the mm-hmm. next mm-hmm. step this man took? That's why the story is called "Kachukua Hatua Nyingine." He took another step. The next step he did, he went and hung from a mango tree. So it's it's tough, man. It's tough. It's really tough. Uh, but uh, it's also good we highlighted some of the yeah. behavioral aspects. Example yeah, <laughs> you can yeah you can give us you can give my us
2: my own actually observation. You know when you When you're usually going home during the Christmas period, yeah? I have an example of a of an uncle, their brothers. One has money and the other doesn't. But the one that doesn't is the eldest. But this one is the youngest and has money. So the thing usually happens this way. The mother usually calls the ones with money. M totuangu. Umetoka kwa nyumba. Safiri salama. They go. They reach Nakuru. Hey, mtoto wangu mefika api? Nikola Kuru. And See they're together. Salama, you know? They're traveling together. No, no, no. They're traveling different. Separately. You know? So this is the difference on how for us as men, like your financial ability will be your worth. You know? They reach Kisumu. Kijana me mefika salama. You know? Nakyingia kwa boma. Everyone comes and greets him. They slaughter They chicken. They show, they
3: show him yeah. respect.
2: Yeah. This other guy, they never care about him. You've gone to like take your bus, you've traveled all the way, nobody is asking about how you've traveled and everything. When you reach at the home, there's no surprise. There's no welcome. It's a surprise. Oh yeah oh <laughs> yeah. Sa uh, uh, you know something oh something standing
1: yeah. out here we need to i think we, there's, there's definitely an idea here where we need to empower even people not beyond mental health yeah finances and everything uh, maybe to and this the way he's saying "Umefika." that's the same story that resonates with many young men
2: yeah and that's how the thing is when you say the biopsychosocial model, everything affects you as a man, you know. Yeah. yeah, for many, most of men, uh, I actually read a quote somewhere on <laughs> the internet saying that most men aren't aren't depressed but
0: broke. <laughs> That's true.
2: <Yeah. laughs> but to be yeah. honest, to a certain extent, I actually resonated in that. Not that we are downplaying mental health illness, but yeah. to some extent, it's like that. It's an example like when you're on a Saturday and you're broke and you're sad and everything, and then all of a sudden you hear a message teething. It's <laughs> here. You, you see, five thousand shillings. <laughs> how is your mood?
0: <laughs> you eventually you just
1: Victor, pick up. How is your mood? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Something usually changes. That's why yeah. the way we tackle mental health for women shouldn't be the same way that we tackle this, the the mental health for men. Absolutely, because true. for men we have certain principles that usually guides us. You know, yeah. our ability to provide. Our ability to care for other people and bring security to them. So, if you cut off my ability to provide or having to provide for myself or anyone else, it starts. There's an imbalance, and that imbalance is what brings about mental health illness from depression, and it starts
1: building up from
3: there. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I
1: think. I think. Mental health in men, which now leads us to, we've we've been able to highlight the problem much of it. Yeah. The solutions and I think mental health in men comes from a point of helplessness where True. you know I can't do anything with my life currently and 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 it's it shouldn't be the same approach as how you treat it with that over of a, of a female colleague yeah
0: yeah uh, <laughs> I've, I've I've heard that before actually yeah, and uh, it's a very good point because I had someone say. You see, the way men and women function is uh, absolutely different.
1: Innately different.
0: Very, very different. You see, uh, just by by our nature, men are just providers. That's what we do. That's what we are, right? And women are what are provided for. Like they're the people who are provided for, right? So, when mental health, uh, I I I think I do not see. I don't want to presume. But I think uh, for women, uh, how mental health is countered is they want to be heard. That's why they have friend groups where they talk about everything and they get to be heard. And and reassured. And 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 you find that uh, statistically that uh, nine out of ten suicides, it's men. Because women have a support system where they listen to each other, they get heard, and that need is subsequently filled, right? But for men, someone said that, mental health in us it's not it's not the same thing depression should not be counted the same way because for us uh, you could you could hear me you could hear me that i'm telling you i'm depressed but at the end of the day i'll still leave you and go back to my house and still you be haven't depressed haven't helped my
1: life in yeah, any way
0: right but uh for men it's more like we need a purpose, right? You need to give mm. me a
1: purpose. You need to throw the rope for yeah. you. So if, if, if I'm if I'm up, if
0: yeah. I'm a person who's like broke and jobless and I know so many people out there, so many young people out there and you have nothing to do, you usually feel so down and low because you feel like uh I can't I can't even talk to women because w- what am I telling them? Yeah. yeah true. I have no money. I'm broke. She'll be castrated. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. No, yeah.
1: No, I, I'm saying, I'm much saying much. <laughs> what is it? The streets, because I don't yeah. Yeah, stand it's for the that. Actually. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> I, I find
0: a, a guy streets. saying like, I can't even have I, like, if we went out with my friends and I'm the person who's like extremely broke, I don't. I, you usually feel in yourself like I don't have the right to to give an opinion on where True. we are going. Or what we eat, on what we buy, right? For
2: just yeah. to actually, actually the thing is... Yeah. The thing is, when you usually have friends who are well-off, yeah. and then you're not well-off, it brings you to a point of actually trying to avoid them. Exactly. Because now I can't provide... We are going to, like, go to maybe a, a well-off restaurant. As they say, like, pronto. We are, like, doing 600 more per plate. But you don't have that 600 Bob, what's the next thing you're going to say? I'm busy, guys. Mm -hmm. See you next time. But (laughs) in reality, you're not busy, you just can't afford that. Yeah, so
0: and and life happens to all of us, you know. No one chooses to be broke, no one chooses to be down, but it, it just happens, you know. So, I think the way mental health should be countered in Men should be innately very different from women. Like definitely. Like we talk to men, but we also give them purpose. We also uh, show them how things are supposed to be better. That this is all in plan, in God's plan, and how it's supposed to be better from here. And not just talking to them, you actually give them a plan. You understand? And uh, okay, uh, as we have had this conversation today, Jamal, you had something to say?
3: I just wanted to add. uh, I, wanted to add what I just wanted to echo what Victor said uh, in the sense that, you know, as first of all, it's very true the way men deal with their own issues is extremely uh, different from the way women uh, look at their own problems and how they solve it. And uh, also to add on another point that he has spoken about is that there's a lot of gatekeeping. I think men do more gatekeeping than females. It's very difficult to just take someone from the streets and just give him a job. Uh, It's very difficult. So men trusting other men is extremely difficult. But it is very easy for him to just pick a lady from the streets and just uh, give her something to do. Secondly, I wanted to echo also what uh, Ramadan had said regarding the fact that, uh, you know, when you are depressed... The first instinct is to isolate yourself. Self-isolation. And I think it is one of the most leading, one of the most leading path toward depression is that isolation. And the failure of not actually dealing with your troubles head on. Maybe if, for example, you just told your friends, guys, We are going there, I don't have fare. Or guys, we are going there, but I can't afford that amount of food. So, what makes you, what what makes someone think that his friends won't provide 100, 100, 100 each to cater for his food? You understand? And uh, you see, uh, the more you isolate yourself when you're in a depressed mood, the likelier you are to stay depressed. One of our very Solomonic or a prophetic wisdom is that one of our prophets, uh, peace be upon him, yep. uh, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, uh, he he said, when you are depressed, don't be alone, because se- the devil loves somebody who is alone yeah, true. and who feels dejected. So he will come and you know start you know Whispering. attacking from all sides because you know if you're in a herd, even in the jungle, you know those buffalos. Yeah. When they're in a herd, it is extremely difficult for lions to attack them. True. So, once you're alone... The lone sheep is in the danger of the wolf. Exactly. You will be massacred, my friend. You will be devoured by your woos.
1: absolutely, absolutely. Uh,
3: So, uh, one of the things I'd like to just uh, highlight to our youth, be they females or males, number one... Reach out. Reach out. Number two... Eliminate bad behavior. You cannot expect to be out of depression when you're engaging in behaviors that are not aligning with your soul. So, how do you know my behavior is not aligning with my soul? You know, some people don't even know that. If anything that you do makes you feel bad, that's not a good behavior. If a young man out there is binge watching on porn and he feels so worthless after ejaculating, you know, that behavior is bad. you need to get rid of it. If at the end of a long spree uh, of drinking, drinking spree, the following morning you feel so terrible, you have headaches, you have over, that thing is not good for you. You have to eliminate it, or you have to find ways to curb it, you know. So and that's why I asked the question about how our behavior sometimes contribute to us getting depressed again. Uh, the social aspect, you know, don't go where you are not valued. Don't go where you are True. not yeah. appreciated. appreciated. Because when you l- when you leave that gathering, you'll feel even more depressed. Than <laughs> you, you go to places where <laughs> you are loved. Number three, have purpose. Stick to what you love doing. If it is washing cars, get out in the morning, six a.m. Go wash cars. You know, uh, somebody will say, you know. I can't. Uh, I can't wash cars, but for you, washing cars is, is is gives you meaning. Go do it. If you if you go out there and cut someone's hair, for two hundred, three hundred, if that is giving you purpose, get out of the house. Maybe you never know. One day you'll be owning hundreds of barber shops in Nairobi because you started by doing it. So you went into that industry. You know, maybe one day you'll own dif- uh, several. Uh, the, what do you call it? Several uh, places where you wash uh, car washes. So uh, another thing is try to live or learn from other people's experiences. Normally, we in the olden days we used to have these kikos with the wise people, with the old people, where yeah. we'd just be told uh, things. Nowadays, even in our own communities, in the Somali community, it's we live in a in a metropo- in a metropolitan area. Yeah. You know, uh, in the Nubian area, uh, in the in the in Kibra, the only places where you can get wisdom is being in a congregation true. where somebody is trying to pump sense into you. We have lost that. we encourage, so we encourage Victor to go to church on Sundays.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you see, so
3: it's true in the church. In the church, <laughs> you will find one <laughs> one-liner. That will change your life. I would always listen to somebody called uh, Jim Rohn. And he always references to the Bible. And I agree with a lot of what he tells me. You know Jim Rohn? He's, he's the wisest of men I've ever uh, met. So just to uh, uh, summarize is uh, let's all uh, seek help and let us all try and you know, be in a community where we encourage each other and we try and cultivate positive habits. As we end it, Ramadan,
1: the journey from finance to creative arts to mental health, to all of that, so far so good. Have you had positive impact with regards to the number of people you've been able to impact, the number of communities you've been able to, you know, reach out to, and where can that young person meet you in the next photo obsession, you know? And yeah. something that, you know, really inspired you in this journey that you feel like I want to do more of this.
2: Yeah. So for actually one of our wins in actually mental health is we started talking about mental health from online campaigns to physical campaigns to actually talking to people in our community right now, as the Nubians, people are starting to actually take initiative in actually t- trying to seek help, uh, trying to actually get solutions for their problems. Another ripple effect is that now our imams and our sheikhs now in our area are starting to actually put the mental health conversation into their hutbas, into their sermons, and into their advices when people come to seek for help, you know? One thing about uh, things I've experienced in our place, in places where people are not well off, we usually use religion as a fear tool. We actually profess our religion based on fear. If you don't do this, you'll go to hell. If you don't uh, pray on time, you'll go to hell. Everything from our sermons, I can tell you for a fact, all year round is usually just hell, 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 hell. The difference is I started praying in Hurlingham, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> started praying in Hurlingham. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. I can tell you for a fact. Here, there is a message of hope balanced with fear, you know? Yeah. You're being told, like, if you pray on time, you'll get, like, reward is going to paradise. Yeah. Somebody giving you something positive. So what we're trying to actually try to put in everyone else is like there should be a balance, you know? In our area, what we have done is we're trying to put a balance between the Islamic faith and trying to seek help. Both can work hand in hand. If they both give a solution, well and good. If one does, the other won't fail, you know? Okay, so that's in our community. In actually what you do in mental health exhibitions is like especially the first one that we did, we actually met a lot of people, especially men who are like, Okay, this is a conversation that needed to be started. Uh, you've spoken about something or your image has actually struck something in my heart and I'm thinking of trying to seek help or like I'm going to like try to do something with my life. So that's a win. The second one, like the one that we did in the, uh, the conference by Aga they yeah, actually created a network of people who will try to give help or solutions from what we are trying to bring. From doctors to psychologists and stuff, they are trying to come in and come up with a program where that if our exhibition or something that we've done has triggered something or someone, they'll be there as a solution you know so it's not going to be just me as Ramadan or picks, trying to ignite you to go for action but you'll we'll still have a solution at the end of the day well the problem where we've had every time is that I'll trigger something in you but I don't give you a solution towards it that's true yeah so I leave you in a limbo I've made you even be more aware of your problem, but I've <laughs> not given you a solution. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a That becomes a bigger problem. So what we're trying to do is like pair up people with solutions. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And that, with that, you get now this is the part that we've, actu- we've already done and actualized. From our initiative, if we have actually reached out, we have a network of people who will actually give you help towards that. And then now again, we're trying to come up with a, with a program where we can actually help creatives specifically. Yeah. Because there's a problem in there. People will actually... A lot of creatives, especially in Kenya, I don't know if you know the number one cause for most of creatives in Kenya is suicide. Most of them, yeah, yeah. So, we are trying to actually mitigate that. We don't want you to live off your high, you're getting your high in your depressive state. We want you to like be able to create from a point of balance, you know, yeah, yeah, not because like every time you're depressed, you're doing something. So, yeah, so that's the next phase of the thing we are trying to actualize. But the first one is already there. If someone is actually trying to get help, they can reach out to us. Really picks on social media. We can try to pair
1: you up with someone who will give you help. And oh. it's pro bono for now. Awesome. Wow. awesome. You yeah. know what Ramadan prides himself in? Yeah. He prides himself in switching the light bulbs. Yeah. <laughs> and witnessing people say the uh-huh aha <laughs> <laughs> moment. <Yeah. laughs> oh my God. Ramadan and, and today is so I think has yeah. been that moment yeah. because it's such an honor to partner with you Karali yeah. yeah. Arts. you as an individual in raising awareness and i think this kickstarts our series of mental health yeah. now we've known the issue the problem <coughs> next is to find solutions hopefully Indeed. our next series of guests will be survivors you know activists yeah. psychologists and people who are in this space Yes, yes, and it's such an you know big date to you, sir. That to, we t- today we've had such an amazing talk, uh, Karali. Aha <laughs> yeah, Karali is <laughs>
0: amazingly wise. It's an honor yeah. being here. Man. You guys should check him out, Karali p- underscore pics, right? Yeah, yeah. Karali pics on social media. But Karali, uh, you you've opened our eyes in so many ways. I like when we bring in many many uh, perspectives, because that means someone has seen. Away
1: different than how yeah. we've experienced S- from
0: years. where Simon is standing, they sing it differently than where you're seeing it, yeah? yeah, and that makes it all the more amazing. Uh, guys, feel free to comment below, uh, tell us your story, we'll be happy to listen. Uh, the conversation today has really flowed. Yeah. Uh, there were times where, like, I wanted to ask this question. And then I find it's already answered. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, nice. Because <laughs> nice, I uh, even wanted to ask, like, uh, what's a positive aspect, but now it's already covered. Like, I said, it's so it's so amazing. Today I've had an, an amazing time. Uh, Jamal, what about you.
3: Yeah. First of all, thanks, Kerala, Kerali uh, for uh, honouring our invite uh, by coming here, and uh, I feel that. Uh, Ramadan is a natural storyteller, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know that is yeah. You know that is how you'd you'd, you'd meet a creative person. Yeah, just natural talents, raw talent uh, that has been uh, molded through years. Uh, so, I think you'd be a feature uh, every time. Uh, this is not the uh, the last time you'll come, and I feel that this conversation hasn't really been. Tackled. and uh, because it mental health is such a wide topic you cannot uh, cover it in, in an hour okay. so you'll be coming here regularly uh, sure. hopefully and our listeners i know they love you man because uh, you've been too good <laughs> it's
0: been a pleasure being here man yeah, we need to pick your brain on stuff like relationships uh, we need to hear your thoughts on finance being Someone who has been in finance a lot, we need Uh, to. You know, relationships (laughs) have
2: taken a lot of L's. So (laughs) So maybe (laughs) something else. (laughs) Yeah, wow. As
1: as it, it has been in the trend, we've been able to uncover a lot of the problems that are actually there. Yeah. And I feel like our next phase should be finding solutions. Yeah. We've been able to highlight mental health. I believe someone now will say, I felt that which Ramadan said, I felt that which Victor talked about, Aden Jamal, you know, all of that. And now it's to come up with now, technocrats and solution makers who are spearheading this change exactly. in the form of guests. And I always insist, Africa is our business, yeah. and it's us to tell the story. Yes, yeah, sure. yeah. Yes. <laughs> I I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, it's an and it's such <laughs> an and it's such an and it's such an honor yeah. uh, to be able to hear this story from people who are spearheading these conversations. Yeah, yeah. creatives, you know, founders of different startup companies, uh, you know, people who are poking the noses in every spaces they are in. Uh, tune in for more, definitely. Definitely, definitely. It has been a major pleasure. uh
0: we could have this conversation for a very long time. It's a very, very good conversation. We, we are really inv- invested in helping our communities. We have really invested in uh, mental health and all those issues. Uh, for me, I think that would be my parting shot. Uh, it has been a major pleasure, Karali. I w- I've loved it you know, to see your particular brand of wisdom. You are a very wise guy. <laughs> and uh, that, that has been me, Vic.
3: Oh, just a parting shot. I wanted to ask you guys if you normally uh, watch memes, or you know, <laughs> you, you know that guy who we say that, "Jina you know, talking. <laughs> 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 you know that guy. <laughs>
2: <Leonardo V. Sola>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, guys. You know, it's 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 very sad how his story turned out. And uh, just going through YouTube a few days ago, I saw his state and the way they had juxtaposed his uh, that funny moment. And the way he is currently, uh, I think that was a really sad moment, and uh, it highlights the plight of, of so many young men out there who've uh, have fallen into the grips of uh, you know despair, and uh, who later on found solace in alcohol. And uh, I think uh, talking about mental health should be the focus of not only us but so many people in the. Political space, in the medical space, uh, in the business space, and uh, workplace. Thank Ramadan, you so much.
1: Y- your final word, your final <laughs> say. What do you tell that young boy? Yeah. Whatever <laughs> that young lady, whatever she is, what do you tell her?
2: It's actually a pleasure being here today, myself. And uh, the only thing I can actually say is just to like try to seek help and form connections around your uh, circles and. Creating a safe space between you guys, you know. It's
1: important. Yeah. Thank you so, Thank much. You so much. Thank that you so much.
0: That was an awesome episode we've had. Uh we wrap it up Arden.
1: Yes, and we'll just keep on telling them we've been able to live to our expectation. And we will tell Africa because Africa is our business. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank
0: you you so much. And that has been Jab Talk. Uh, See you next time, guys.